Welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast, where your host, Isabel Ross, interviews experts and athletes in the field of endurance sports. Isabel Ross is a three-time Australian long-distance mountain running representative at the World Championships with a best finishing place of 10th female. Twice Australian trail champion, she has won the six-foot track marathon, run a sub-three-hour marathon, and won a 24-hour track race overall with a distance of 198.7 kilometers, as well as competing in and winning grueling ultramarathons in rugged, mountainous terrain. Isabel has raced all over the world, including participating in the notorious Barkley Marathons. Isabel is an Australian and USA-accredited endurance coach working with athletes of all levels and is a certified UESCA ultra running coach. She's also a personal trainer and podcast host. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Episode 101 is an interview with Bic Jennings. I swept Archie's earlier this year with Bic, and we had so much fun. I find her life story so interesting. I really wanted to interview her so you could hear all about her too. If you enjoy this episode, please go on over to Apple Podcasts to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps grow the audience and help me get high-profile athletes and specialists and experts on the show. Thank you so much for your ongoing support. If you are looking to challenge your limits, you need to have a structured, individualised training program to help you get there. If you want to achieve your best, email me, isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au to get a program started. Enjoy this interview with Bic. Are injuries or niggles ruining your enjoyment of running and hindering your performance? Get on top of these and see the specialists at Health and High Performance. Utilising the latest in technology and with a wealth of experience, the team at Health and High Performance can assist you with all your running, injury and performance needs. So get back to enjoying your running and achieving the results you are capable of. Head to healthhp.com.au forward slash run or find them on Instagram at healthhighperformance. Health and High Performance are located in Montalbert, Melbourne, but are available for telehealth appointments not only Australia-wide, but also around the world. Contact them on their website to find out more. Wild Earth Australia are the online store to help you make the most out of the outdoors with top quality gear at great prices. Peak Endurance podcast listeners can use the discount code PEAKENDURANCE in all capitals to get 10% off at checkout. Head on over to wildearth.com.au to get everything you need for your next adventure. Hi, Vic, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Hi, Izzy. How are you going? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you so much for coming along today to chat with us. Now, I thought for those listeners who don't know you, maybe you could tell them a little bit about yourself, your athletic background, and um, how you got into running and ultra running. Sure. Uh, so I've been trail running for about maybe six or seven years now. Um, I'm a mid-pack to back-of-the-pack runner, so I'm not super fast. Uh, I got into it... I actually never used to really like running. Had to had to get better at it um, to join the military, and mm. we can talk a little yep. bit about that later. Uh, but then uh, my girlfriend invited me along to the Brooks Sunset series. She said it would be fun. We can do this thing after work, you know, over summer. Yep. 
and um, it really kind of started from there. So I, you know, started doing a few five kilometers. I thought, oh, this is pretty good. Let's see if I can do ten, and then yeah. kept pushing it a little bit further. Yeah, so, it's yeah. addictive like that, isn't it? It is. It is <laughs> and did you do any other sort of sports when you were younger? Uh, I used to play a little bit of soccer yeah. before I got into trail running. Uh, I mucked around with amateur boxing. Okay, bit. yeah. Cool. And then I kind of thought, well, for my occupation, the brain's probably important to, yeah. to hold on to. So I thought maybe I'd change sport to something else like running. Yeah, mm. yeah. And um, so you spoke about the army. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So I, I joined up as soon as I was 18, I signed up. Um, I'm a first generation born here. So my parents came out to Australia after the Vietnam War. And I always had this burning desire ever since I was little to sign up and really give back to the country that gave my parents a lot. You know, they came here with their clothes on their back and nothing else. Uh, so much to my parents' disgust, they ah. they were not, you know. Why? They grew up uh, in a country that was torn by war. Yeah, so, you know, point. they have seen point. a lot of horrendous things happen to men and yeah. women and children. Yeah. And their version of war is not, well, I yeah. mean, war is not nice anyway. No, that's but, right. Yeah. You know, it was quite traumatic for them. So yeah. the last thing that they wanted was their only daughter, their yeah. eldest daughter, to go and sign up yeah. for something like that. Um, so I signed up when I was 18. Uh, it was actually a pretty emotional day the day I left because because neither of my parents were there to see me off. Oh, because they were upset about because it? Because they were upset. Oh, wow. Yeah, so oh, I got horrible. onto this bus. Uh, the first time I was going away from home for 45 days, you oh, know, wow. with a whole bunch of strangers, and yeah. I just felt so alone. You yeah, know, I bet. Um, but, you know, it was 45 days that was... It's designed to break you down, rebuild you as a soldier, and and that's did it do that? It did. So it how did. did they break you down? Well, there's a you know there's a lot of things like making your bed and ironing your uniform and really trying to instill that discipline. Yeah. Marching, um, the way you speak, addressing people, yeah. and that is it's just trying to teach you that you've got a rank yeah. and you've got a way that you need to speak to others and engage others, and there's yeah. a hierarchy you need to respect that. I guess it's in preparation for when you're on the battlefield, you don't think, you do yeah. what you were told, you put aside your fears and emotions and you execute. With yeah, which is so important, I guess, because as soon as you start thinking and you're thinking of all the possibilities, you, you freeze, don't exactly, you? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. The mission, yeah. you know, is, is more Paramount. than just one person. Yeah. Exactly. And now we, um, we actually met when we were um, volunteering at Oscars mm -hmm. or Archie's. Um, and um, we discussed how your time in the army helped you um, gain assertiveness, you know, because it's a very male-dominated culture there. Mm. It, it enabled, it sort of empowered your assertiveness, would you say? I, I think my time in the military taught me a lot about people from all walks of life. Mm. Uh, and there are different ways to engage people and interact with them. Uh, I certainly had to in a male-dominated environment, in the military and, and in my my professional work as well, um, I had to learn to find my voice. It kind of naturally comes to me, though. I'm not okay. one of those timid You're people. not a shrinking violet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's um, probably not a, a bigger step, but but certainly did help in yeah. that development yeah. those early years, yeah. 
having been in the army and looking back on that, would you recommend that as a pathway for young women necessarily? I think very much like trail running, you need to understand your why. Yeah. My why was, you know, giving back to this country um, in the form of more than simply paying taxes. Yeah. And that was enough to get me through some really challenging times. Like if, if you want to go for something, you need to understand yeah. what you're giving up and what you're sacrificing. Um, trail running is the same, right? We don't go out there and tackle something difficult and uncomfortable and, you know, chafing or whatever it is, <laughs> unless there's a really deep why as, as to yeah. why we're doing it. And if we don't have a really deep why, we end up giving up don't we exactly exactly yeah, yeah. and so um did you have many of those dark moments when you're in the military I did I really did struggle there the first few weeks you know adjusting yeah. to a new schedule um the diet the food yeah. you know is yeah. it's kind of what's given to you at the time um I was certainly homesick I missed mm. my support network but then I had to find different ways to motivate myself so at one point, I was making a list of all these people um, that were really important to me, and and I would dedicate each day. So oh, wow. it was forty five days that I was yeah. there, and I was training a long time full time people and reservists as well. Uh, and each day I got through, I was dedicating to somebody. So even That's if I awesome. felt yeah. I didn't have the strength or the will or the power, I would do this for them. And that that helped you get through each it day. It did. It got me towards towards the end, and then really. You know, once you can see the finish line inside, yeah, yeah. you kind of just keep going those last yeah. those last few days. You figure you've done gone that far. You can exactly. Keep going. There's no. It's, it's sounding more and more like an ultra. <laughs> exactly. It is. And and yeah. I have actually heard of people dedicating parts of an ultra to somebody, you know, and that helps them get through that section. So that's interesting to hear that you did that with with that, and in spite of it being much longer. <clears throat> now, you you're no longer in the military. No, I got out uh, quite a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we we had a bit of a change of government, and um, not not yeah, yeah. going to jump That's into fine. politics. That's but yeah. um, but for me, for for a soldier to be um, to have a particular skill set, they need to have competency, and yeah. they need to be able to maintain that. So um, I. I wasn't able to maintain my skill set anymore. And so I, did they reduce the amount of training and that sort of stuff did. you did? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And and for me, you know, if you've got a, a function or a role to perform and you can't perform it, well, then why are you there? Yeah, you yeah, know, so. yeah. And you want to perform it to the best of your abilities. And if Correct. you're not honing your abilities, then, yeah, obviously yeah. you can't. Okay, so you left the military. And um, what did you do following that? Um, well, I was studying at uni at the time as yeah. well. So I, I joined as a reservist and was balancing yeah. both. Uh, and I went into professional work. Um, so I graduated as a chemical engineer and went into risk management yeah. um, from there. Yeah. And then I, I trail running came in somewhere uh, in that scene, you know, as an outlet to uh, military was gone, yeah. uh, although you know, the circle of friends remained close. Um, but yeah, you'd be spending another... a lot of time outdoors with the military, wouldn't you, with your training yeah, and that sort exactly. of stuff? Exactly. Yeah. So I needed something else to focus my time on and yeah. really as an outlet, you know, outside of work hours. So trail yeah. running really came into the scene then. Yeah. So how did you get from like the Sunset Series, which, you know, it's, it's a great series of races but it's very much sort of road focused and sort of more recreational runner mm. focused how did you get into trail running yeah where'd so, you find that 
the the same girlfriend who convinced me oh um, god she sounds like a really good friend she is <laughs> she's great um she she was turning up to uh listerfield trail runners you know ah, and yes, she said yeah. oh wouldn't it be great if he came along you know so that we would at least know each other yeah, and yeah. uh I had a bit of a laugh. So I said, all right, I'll rock up. But but if they go too fast, we are dropping <laughs> off and we're going back to the car park. So that was, it was a good deal that we struck on that day. Uh, and then I just, you know, I met Chris and, and a whole bunch of um, the LTR people and they were yeah. just really welcoming. So yeah. it uh, once you find your people in your community, it really just keeps going. Trail running, the trail running community is very welcoming, isn't it? Yeah. And were yeah. they too fast for you that day? Uh, I don't really remember, but, but, but surely they, they stopped were, enough. They, they yeah. loop back. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's. Um, and also, once you start with a group, you, you can't kind of drop off, really. Yeah. Can you? <laughs> yeah. And then I, I think my girlfriend, she did uh, come with me a few times, and then there were a few instances where she couldn't make it. But then I found new friends. Yeah. So I just yeah. kept turning up, and it became mm. a, a weekly ritual. That's awesome. Do you still run with them? I don't run with them anymore. I kind of mm. do a bit of my own thing now yeah. on the side. But, um, yeah, a great And do you still have that girlfriend? I do still have that oh, That's girlfriend. awesome. And do you still run together? Uh, we we do other things together yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. She, um, she was injured for a period mm. of time there. And I think um, trail running is not something that she she finds that her body copes with uh, yeah, um, okay. well over yeah. time. Yeah, yeah unfortunately, the way it is, that's the way it is sometimes, isn't it? Mm. Um, now, so the company that you work for is an engineering design firm, mm. am I correct? That's yes. right. And, um, you know, you're in risk assessment, but you also mentor other female staff. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So we um, are very fortunate in our group. We we tend to attract, well, they just so happen to be females. It's whoever's appropriate or, mm. or has the competency for the skills uh, for the job. Uh, and we ended up having like this critical mass of six, seven, eight, I think we're up to nine young females wow. in the team now. Because traditionally has it been more a male-dominated field as well? Oh, yes. Mm. Desi engineering design firms yeah. are predominantly male dominated um yeah. and it's unusual actually our group is the odd one out most of yeah. the others are still quite ah, okay. heavily male dominated but for us for some reason our, yeah. our group just seems to be predominantly women um and my colleague and i decided to start a group uh called emerging leaders yeah so once a month uh we'll we'll pick a particular topic and we'll work through with these juniors and it could be anything from personal branding to um, hearing a story uh, from another lady within yep. the organisation about some of their challenges, tips and tricks, or understanding your values and how it translates into your behaviours at work. So um, it really is about empowering them and the next generation and understanding going along the journey with them and understanding what drives the next generation. So how do you see the next generation differs from I'd like to say our generation, but I'm a bit older than you, but our generation. Yeah, yeah. I think we're seeing a lot of, of the differences with um, work and personal life. You know, maybe once upon a time you used to jo join an organisation and be there for like 20 yeah. years, your whole career. Um, and we're seeing now a very transient uh, younger generation. Every two to three years they change yeah. um, roles and things like that. And I think it translates to 
this upcoming generation requiring more transparency, yeah. more authentic connection, more honesty, being a part of the conversation, being told this is your career and this is what you do and just get it done. Yeah. You know, they want to have a voice. Anymore. It yeah. doesn't cut it anymore. You're yeah. right. So it has really given me a lot of insight to the tools older people need yeah. um, to, to navigate because and lead also this next um, generation. older people having to work with these younger people, they'll find it um, difficult as well to Absolutely. deal with that, won't they? Absolutely. Because yeah. because there's there's a generational gap there. Yeah. Um, so how do we better understand each other? Because you know, yeah, we're, we're going to have to work together. Really. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so how do you see sort of um, <clears throat> because you know, ultra running, you know, as a female yourself, you go to races and, and there's lots of guys there and, and it's great and they're all very welcoming and I, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. That's not what I'm saying. But how can we look at getting more females into, into the sport? Can you see any links between um, the mentoring you do to giving women the confidence and to, to get into ultra running? Yeah, and I think lead by example really mm. comes into play here. Um, whether or not it's mentoring at work for this group of young ladies or if it's out on the trails, I think we've got... Um, a lot of inspiring women out there, you know, mm. yourself as well, you know, out <laughs> yeah. there encouraging women to get out of their comfort zone, try something new. Yeah. Barkley marathons is certainly not something that everybody can, can no. put their hand up and, and do, you know, so. Or want to, but yeah. <laughs> but that it there's, you, you talk the talk, but you yeah. walk the walk as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if we can have more open and honest conversations with women in the trail running community, support yeah. each other with that. I think we're really achieving what we set out to do. Yeah, do you think even sort of maybe like how you have monthly, this is just off the top of my head and I maybe shouldn't even be saying this, but like having some sort of group where women can get together and talk about, you know, how they deal with time on the trails and, and those sorts of things would be helpful for them. Yeah, it could yeah. be. Yeah. And, and I think everyone's situation is so different, right? Yeah. If you've got a young family or you don't have children, yeah. you, but you're balancing different things, just creating some sort of space where people can feel comfortable to be yeah. honest and yeah. authentic about the real challenges that they're facing um, would be a great idea. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Now, also, um, before you became a runner, you were into mountaineering. I am still into you're mountaineering. You're still into mountaineering. Yeah. Well, yeah. When, when you're allowed to travel again, you'll be back exactly. into it more. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so I tell do. us about that because that yeah. is pretty awesome. I do like uh, to dabble in lots of different sports throughout yeah. the year. And um, mountaineering is, uh, I love it. I, I love being out there in the wilderness. Mm. And um, you get to a certain altitude where it's icy cold, and there are no mosquitoes, no ants, awesome. yeah. no flies. Yeah, you know, maybe a few birds of prey. Yeah, and it's just utter silence. Mm. Um, so that time out there in the mountains is something wow. that I crave. What sort of height does that begin at? Well, um, there's lots of different, like you know, technically around the world, lots of different places you could climb. Yeah. Um, I've predominantly been in Nepal. Yeah. Uh, so six years ago, I tackled my first um, one called Mera Peak, which is 6,400. Uh, so got to the top of that. And wow. I made a pact with a couple of my friends, actually, that every two years we would hit up a mountain. 
um, we would spend one year upskilling and then ah. the next year we would be on the mountain and then that's know, an awesome idea that yeah yeah sadly I'm the only one that's kept that up oh really out of so, how many people well three of us together and how long did it this how long did it continue with three of you for <clears throat> no just one cycle oh <laughs> well that's a bit depressing <laughs> it is a little bit but you know I, I again it's my why is yeah. you know I go out there to search for myself to understand myself to get a bit of perspective yeah. you know what it's great to have your friends there but if they don't want to do it or their no, life no. circumstances don't allow it that's okay I can yeah. still go out yeah, you can, that, that's it and that in and of itself is um great for other women to hear because uh, you know sometimes we are a little bit nervous about doing things on our own and mm. you know there really is nothing to stop you is it that's right yeah. yeah and we can be smart about it i'm i'm not saying you know i went out there and yeah. and i organized all this stuff or i did it solo like i still did my research i still yeah. found a reputable a mountaineering company to go with and yeah. and organize it like that and mm. and actually the last two trips um because in 2018 i went up and did cholo which was uh 6100 yeah and then just before covid hit in um late 2019 between october and november i spent four weeks to summit um himlung himal which is 7100 wow is that your highest? That is my highest, yeah. So that would would have qualified me to give Everest a crack. Um, yeah. Sadly, but are you? Uh, do you want to do Everest? I have contemplated it, and you know, yeah. in the past, I said no, and then I, I wavered a little bit. I thought, oh, maybe I do. Yeah. I think I'm now back on to not really. Why? It is a very popular one mm. and it is what would me off. Yeah. the highest. Yeah. But is it the most technical? It's not yeah. the most technical. Oh, okay. Um it's it's only it's a, it's an intermediate, I won't say only. But and, and isn't that funny because you say it's intermediate, and I remember you saying that to me uh, when we were I um sweeping. And it's just hard to fathom because you hear all these stories about how difficult it is and you know, you know, climb scaling this and climbing that and whatnot. And yet you say it's intermediate and your your experience, so I trust you. But how can how can that be intermediate? I don't get it. <laughs> right. The skill set um, yeah. that's required is intermediate. It it being as high as it is, mm. um, altitude is certainly a factor. You know, we're getting yeah. 21% oxygen here at sea level. Well, yeah. it's only a few percent up there. Yeah. Uh, and that's the challenge. So yeah. I'm I'm not underestimating Everest, and I'm not yeah, saying yeah no 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 I know you're that not it's, um you know that it's but you're easy. just after a different challenge. I think I'm I'm after something a bit more technical. Yeah. So it, it was actually on the cards um, for this year. Last year was meant to be my upskilling year, mm. and I was hoping you couldn't to build even do up. that. Yeah, couldn't even do that. Uh, and I had plans to go to New Zealand and things like yeah. that to to uh, brush up on some technique. And um, this year I was hoping to give an 8,000 metre a crack. Oh, which one's that? Um, Not that I'll know it, but some of uh, mine. What was, what was it called again? It's just slipped my mind which one yeah. it was. Um, well, when you remember, which I'm sure you will yeah, tell us. Yeah, but. Um, um, so when you say you're upskilling, what sort of stuff do you do to upskill? It's really like any other sport you you want to get to a point where it's muscle memory you're not really thinking ah, too much about okay because yeah. if you think about being similar to the uh, what you were saying about the army or the military you don't want to be thinking 
Yeah. You just want to be doing it. You yeah. want to be doing it safely. At altitude, yeah. when oxygen is low, yeah. you, Not much want, thinking going you on. want it yeah. to be muscle memory. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. Point. Mm-hmm. So then upskilling is more about just repeating the actions and just doing lots and lots of climbs, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's right. And so where would you practice that here in Australia? Not many places. No, I didn't think Australia. so. <laughs> not not ice climbing anyway. No. Yeah. So when you're upskilling, you have to travel. So New Zealand, where else? New Zealand, look, there there are other places around the world that you could do a bit more, um, not so much ice climbing, but more rock climbing. Yeah. Um, Peru, you know, um, South America, places yeah. like that. So heaps, heaps around the world. But who knows? Who knows when? Um, yeah. Well, when I, I did hear lifts. today that um, they're thinking of opening up the Trans Tasman bubble again to, to New Zealand. So, you know, maybe, and who knows how long it'll last, even if they do, you know, like yeah. Yeah, it seems to be that every time Auckland gets one case, they go into instant lockdown. Into so, lockdown, who yeah. knows? Um, so, um, well, I mean, you've got plenty of time. You're still young. You've still got all of that time ahead of you to do that. Mm-hmm. You look doubtful. Yeah. Is it a young person sport, mountaineering? Uh, you know, no, you can do it into the later years. Yeah. Um, there are people that are super fit, you know, just like in ultra running. Yeah. There are some people out there that are um, that you look to and go, God, yeah. I, I yeah. hope I get to move that well yeah, when I'm, I'm that age. Yeah. So, no, it's not a young person sport. Yeah. Um, it is all always about balancing that risk, though. You know, yeah. if you take too many risks, and I kind of laugh because my occupation is in risk management, yeah, yeah. and yet I partake in some of the riskiest sports there are. Do you sit there and assess the risk beforehand? I do. You yeah. know, I there is a a thing that I do in the workshops when I open up, and I and um, it's kind of like a bit of my icebreaker as well. Yeah. You know, this. I'm a risk consultant, but this is how I've risk managed a mountaineering yeah. uh, expedition. And and I pull up a diagram. Everyone has a good chuckle, but it's legitimate, you know? Yeah. 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 So it just goes to show them as well that you really put it into practice. You don't just talk about it. Yeah. I yeah. hope that's what they see. Anyway. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, how do you think your time mountaineering and in the military and looking at risks and all that sort of thing, how does that help you with, with running? It's all been a part of my journey, you know, to be who I am today. It's helped me understand who I am and what drives me. I think, you know, I joined the military pretty early. And and in the early years, I kind of really struggled with who am I? I am this first generation born here. I'm Australian. um, But my family is from Vietnam. Yeah. So I struggled with a little bit of that in the beginning and then being thrown into the military, you know, you really get to, you know, I learned a lot about Australian slang. <laughs> I learned I learned a lot of things that young ladies should learn about. Um, but really, yeah, that gave me the confidence to speak up, to yeah. um, assert my authority where it's appropriate, but then also understand my place as well yeah, yeah. In, in whatever environment it might be. And then when it comes to um, mountaineering and ultra running, understanding my why and it's deep. Yeah. And then being okay to sit in that discomfort. Yes. Yeah. In I think it, for me in ultra running, I've I found it hard and challenging, 
and I don't mean this in a way where I'm 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 saying ultra running is easy but mm. as long as I always put one foot in front of the other I will get there yeah in the end now yeah. the challenge I have with mountaineering is I can control my skills my equipment the yeah. people that I go with but if the weather is crap I'm not getting up there yeah and there's an element of that relinquishing control mm. that I don't have anywhere else in my normal life because some people think oh big you know you're into mountaineering because you're an adrenaline junkie and it's not that at all it's it's that I have a desire to understand my deeper purpose and who I am and sometimes you have to be put or I have to be put in the extreme environment for the shield to come down yeah. the mask to come down and that yeah. bs filter to not be there yeah i just have to be real with myself in those moments you know yeah. so uh i think yeah going away to the mountains doing what i do out there when i come back here i really have deep appreciation for the life that we have yeah. um the people that are around me and the moments that you know, people say all the time, be be present, be here, be yeah. whatever. But sometimes it's not until you're out of it that you come back, that you go, okay, yeah. this is why it's so important to be present. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow, that's awesome. It's a really roundabout way of answering no, no, the question. No. But <laughs> May I ask, and, and feel free not to, to want to give us the answer, but do, what is your why for running when you're in that dark moment? Are you able to share that or do you prefer I to keep that personal? I think it it is just a reminder for myself of the discomfort. Yeah. Um, the if if you ask me how many times in my life I have um, been pushed to the point of breaking, yeah, it only ever happens to me on the mountain. Ah, okay. It doesn't happen to me whilst I'm running. Yeah. And, you know, okay. maybe I'm not pushing myself hard enough. I don't, I don't know what it is. But maybe you push yourself hard enough in the mountaineering that you don't feel the need to do it in running. Well, do you know I, what I mean? Yeah. For me, in the running, that discomfort, it reminds me, it gives me a little glimpse into what it was to be pushed that yeah. far on the yeah. mountain. Yeah. Mm. Now, you know, you seem to volunteer a lot and not race as much as you used to. Am I correct in that? Yeah, I. Um, that's true. I, I've kind of done, you know, I worked my way up to ultras and 100 kilometres and yeah. things like that. And now I'm kind of happy to just sit back and enjoy the atmosphere yeah. and, and the community that surrounds trail running. I have to admit when we were at um, up at Buller at Archie's and I was sitting there listening to the uh, race briefing, I was just like, oh, this is so nice to just to be volunteering and not be that person nervous and thinking I'm going to race the next day. Exactly. But I still get to go out on the course. How awesome is that? Yeah, so yeah, I no, totally understand really the appeal. Um, <clears throat> now, you seem to volunteer at Oscars and Archie's every year. Is that correct? I've only or been there. there. I only volunteered this year. Yeah. But I have been there the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, so I, I attempted um, oh, okay. the 100 a couple of years ago. DNF did about yeah. 60 kilometres. So my knee blew out. Oh, so I kind of have unfinished business. Yeah. On so do you think you'll go back and try and Oh, again? I will. Absolutely. Good, and good, good. Uh, Andy just keeps hanging shit on me until, <laughs> until I get it done. So um, I'd like to finish that. So maybe yeah. next year when the, the full course is up. Yeah, 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 that's fair enough. Now, do you have, like, uh, I know they are raising funds for, for autism and, and supporting people with autism, and I know we've spoken earlier about that 
holds you know a special place in your heart and what, what there's a part of that you find interesting what what did you want to yeah, talk about there so uh neurodiversity um i think we're starting to hear about a little bit more so mm. it's the concept that people uh think differently to each other and mm. you can bring different perspectives and contribute in a different way so those that are on the autism spectrum are certainly in there adhd if you have dyslexia you're yeah. um, a part of a neurodiverse group as well uh, and then you can have life circumstances that then pop you in there so if you've had a stroke or you've had an accident uh, you may have been neurotypical in the past yeah but then you're now considered part of neuro um, uh, a neurodiverse group so that's been really important for me um, to support Andy Shell, Chris and that cause uh, for autism. Yeah. But it has a special place in my heart as well because my husband is um, actually on the spectrum. Oh, okay. So um, we, we probably didn't find out until um, we were getting ready to get married. Oh, and, okay. and I think for his genera our generation, yeah. They weren't diagnosed no, as children, that's right. you yeah. know, so it yeah. wasn't a thing. It was like, oh, just get along or play with other kids yeah. or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. He might have just seemed a little bit odd. Yeah. Um, and then it wasn't until we realised um, that he has Asperger's that it started to make sense, you know, the, the social awkward encounters, yeah. um, the anxiety associated with meeting new people. Yeah. Um, it, all, it all kind of fell into place and made sense. And then it made me think, you know, there's more that I can do here mm. in this space. And it might start off with um, something at work. Um, it might be in engaging in some trail races that really talk about that. Um, you know, having a conversation with my colleagues in my team. We've now since found out a few people are neurodiverse. How do oh, okay. we have that conversation, that safe environment where they feel okay to disclose that actually yeah. these yeah. are my needs and this is this is yeah. how you can help me be better and be more comfortable at my work. Um, so at the moment I'm leading the neurodiversity group uh, for GHD here in Australia and we've got a few different projects on the go, really trying to shape the organisation first. Let's raise the awareness. Let's change a few social norms. Mm. Let's change the recruitment process so we don't um, filter out people that don't fit the mould first yeah. up. And, and like you were speaking about with the, the next generation and the way that they just generally think differently and, and view their careers differently, I mean, it can only be a benefit to have... Um, much more diverse ways of thinking within the workforce anyway, Absolutely. which opens up the amount of well, just what, what can be conceived of. Yeah, yeah. And and actually it's well proven through Harvard Business Schools and McKinsey reviews that mm. the more diverse your group is in the way they think, yeah. the more successful the organisation will be. I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, people that think the same are going to come up with yeah. the same old solutions, yeah. And, right? Yeah, and that, yeah. that close thinking is not is definitely not the way forward. So, I mean, while you're really involved in a number of those sort of groups at work, aren't you? I try to spread myself around yeah, to yeah. the causes that are important to me, and that's yeah. certainly one of them. Yeah. Mm. No, well, well, that's brilliant. Now, how do you think... Um, how can we apply that within, you know, running, do you think? Well, I think we do a pretty good job um, in the trail running world. You know, when, when we're out in the wilderness um, and we're running, naturally our walls do come down yeah. and you do sometimes 
it's funny because you, you have these conversations and, and you catch yourself off guard and you're like, oh my gosh, I was not intending to telling you about that today. <laughs> no, that's right. But it's it amazing. Just happens, it right? is. Yeah. Yep. So, so I think actually in trail running, it's, um, it's a great place to have some of those conversations. Uh, and I've met so many weird and wonderful people yep. through trail running, which I may never have crossed paths with them yes. because in, in my social circles are different mm. or my work environment. So I'm, I'm really grateful yeah. for, for meeting. Um, and I, and I find within the trail and ultra running community, there is that lack of judgment on someone, you know, if they think a bit differently, that's, you know, that's to be celebrated rather than Absolutely. judged. Yeah. yeah. And I look, there are some instances where, um, there are signs and symptoms of bullying and, mm. and things like that. But yeah, yeah. I, like I mean, no group is perfect. Yeah. Does get on top of that pretty yeah. quick. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, unfortunately, as uh, yeah, as as you say, with any with any group, there's always going to be an element that is not the best. But I think as a whole, we can we can hope and 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 lead forward with once again, it's it's leading the way, isn't mm-hmm. it? And do us all of us doing the right thing so that we can eliminate that kind of element yeah. as in any bullying. Because I'm sure everyone can change their ways if you know that's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you know, we've just as you've spoken about, you weren't able to go mountaineering last year and um or probably even upskill because you wouldn't have been able to go rock climbing or anything like that, would you? Yeah, none of that. So how did you cope? I, you know, the first lockdown, I kind of did okay. You yeah. know, the novelty was there. Yeah, the um, slowing down. Yeah, the yeah. slowing down. And and mm. people who know me know I, I work very hard oh. at a lot of things, yeah. right? So so actually it was a nice breather. Um, but I really struggled in lockdown too. Yeah. Uh, all my outlets, as you say, you know, um, trail running community, gone. Yeah. Um, no climbing, yeah. no traveling, yeah. uh, no hiking or camping. This five kilometer oh, radius that killed me absolutely killed yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, and so all of my outlets and all the ways that I let out my energy and frustration were yeah. not allowed. Um, so I actually really suffered in that time. Yeah, um, and I know we've we've spoken about mental health a lot throughout COVID, and yeah. I think that it's great that we've now had the opportunity to bring up this mental health yeah. conversation and um, and it's not viewed as something negative anymore. So so I openly talk about my challenges. Yeah, um, good. I think I think that's really important because yeah. um because as you say, a lot of people don't they feel embarrassed, which which they shouldn't, but they feel embarrassed. I mean there's no should or shouldn't if, you know, that's another thing that causes a pressure. But mm. I wouldn't want someone to feel embarrassed about, you know, sharing that they find it hard because yeah. it was really hard yeah 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 and and I think there's there's this element of um throughout COVID you know people talk about the COVID kgs and things like that uh-huh. and and you know yeah. your, your physical how you maintain yourself physically and keep active but then th- the flip side of that is how have you kept your mental state healthy yeah you know yeah. if you don't have the tools and techniques have you sought assistance from somebody to talk mm. about it or so, so there's that whole element but, but too. I don't know about you, but for me, the uh, mental health issues that I had aren't solved through talking. They're solved through being out in the bush and running sure. and being out in nature, you know. So, yeah. so I think that was also a big difficulty for people. And yeah. I'm guessing you're a little bit the same with you wanting to be out like that. It was. And, and you're right. For me, that was one element of it yeah. that I felt um, 
and I'm not comparing it to prison but no, 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 no. you know that but there I, are some. my outlets were, yeah. were restricted yeah. um, but I certainly did learn there were more tools that I could have practiced a bit better like instead of just being stuck and ruminating on yeah. an idea or a concept or something that was making me upset how do you break that cycle yeah. and then you know I'm disappointed that I can't do this or I can't do that but maybe it's not it's no for now during COVID, not no forever. And so yeah. that may be that little bit of hope in yeah. some instances was enough for me to just yeah. to get to bed and to get up the next day and yeah. keep going the next keep day. Going. Yeah. Were you able to work from home? I was able to work from yeah. home. I'm very fortunate with that. Um, it was it was hard to connect with people virtually, yeah. right? So I'm another yeah. one that loves face-to-face -face yes, interaction. So, so yeah. to like 2D does nothing for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I am one of the few people that were very lucky to still be able to work yeah. throughout that time. Yeah, no, that was good. And um, I remember, I think, which lockdown was it? You organised a, um, a, a trivia night. Trivia night. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. good. I yeah. really enjoyed that, that you know, that I, sort of, it was good. I was trivia queen there for a period of time. <laughs> good uh, for you. A few of them did um, Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, and my things God. Like that. So yeah, created yeah. a few of those. Yeah. I just thought it was uh, an opportunity for me to, you know, if I'd normally go out and volunteer and, yeah. you know, do that, build a sense of community, well, how can I leverage off a virtual platform and do do something else? So that was my attempt at doing that. You, you did really well. Yeah, I thanks. enjoyed it. I thanks. remember I, I really had fun. And, you know, I was a non-believer in all that sort of um, online stuff, but I did actually enjoy it. So Good. you converted me. So thank <laughs> you. So um, Archie's uh, Oscars 100 next year. Well, yep, I better get training for it, but yep. hopefully we get uh, the full course, you know, yeah. it's two years in a row. I know, like seriously, what could it. be next? What Locusts? Don't jinx it. Don't, <laughs> wood, don't jinx it. I know, it. Well, we've had plague so, and fire, so you just don't know, do you? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I uh, I always love to bring this up with with athletes. Um, you, I'm a big believer in strength training and so are you, mm. aren't you? I am, yeah. I am. Um, uh, right after lockdown two finished up, I was set. I, I'd, I've always had this dream of having my own gym. Like yeah. people uh, want new cars or yeah. flashy yeah. whatevers. Yeah. For me, it's always been my home gym. So we tore down the old shed, rebuilt a new shed, um, and I've decked it out with yeah. uh, a lot of lifting equipment. So um, I've been enjoying stretching and doing yoga there in the yeah. mornings and yeah. then lifting some heavy stuff in the afternoon. So that's nice. been really nice. And how do you feel the, the strength work benefits you're running? I, I'm not a strong believer in running all the time. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I think there is a, for a well-rounded athlete, and this is just my point of view, there's, yeah. a, there's a place for for long distance running, there's a place for speed work and there's there's some strength and conditioning in there. Yeah. Um, especially if you we're time poor, yeah. you know, a Which really good lifting are. session yeah. um, can fatigue our muscles, you know, yeah. in a shorter amount of time as well. Yeah. And do you find, do you feel that the rock climbing helps? The climbing certainly does help. I, I need to get out on the wall a lot more yeah. to build that upper body strength yeah. again. Um, I certainly haven't been doing that as much as I should. No. Um, but, yeah, no, absolutely it helps. Yeah, yeah. I've just heard 
a lot of um, ultra runners these days are getting into the bouldering and rock climbing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. They should. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. There's now a place in Country Gully yeah. for bouldering, so which is awesome, which is near near where we live. Um, so I went there. Written well a few weeks ago, and I swear to God, I couldn't walk for three days yeah. or use my arms. So <laughs> you're, it's so funny when you're when you're climbing. Sometimes you realise how inflexible you are. Oh my God! Oh no, I knew, but I it was reinforced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, when I am not doing yoga for a yeah. period of time, you, you, it's one of those things. It's almost like meditation. You don't realise it straight away. Yeah. But then you do something, and you go, Oh gosh! Oh, yeah. I, I used to be able to stretch a little bit yeah. further than that. Well, I used to go to yoga two, three times a week, and because of COVID, I stopped and I went the other week and it was so hard and I've never found yoga hard before. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so we're actually going after this, aren't we? We are. Yes. Just some hot yoga. <laughs> I'm, I'm introducing I'm, Vic to hot yoga. I'm excited, but also a little bit scared. No, yeah. don't be. Cause yeah. you'll see me fall over and uh, you'll go, that's all right. If Isabel can do it, so can yeah. I. <laughs> yeah. No laughing at me. That's oh God. No, I never would. <laughs> we're not allowed to. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> Yeah, no. And so, so um, Oscars and, and what are, what races next are you planning on volunteering at? Uh, I think the main ones that I wanted to volunteer at are, are through. Um, I've put my name down for Hounslow to, oh, yeah. to volunteer for that one. But yeah. otherwise, um, not much else for the rest of this year. I think one of the key things I took away from the lockdown was I probably used to overcommit myself a little mm -hmm. bit too much in my yeah. schedule yeah. Uh, and it really took the spontaneity out of things and ah. it took the enjoyment out of things because I felt a sense because of you knew what you were doing for like the next six months and it was yeah yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean my I had a few girlfriends who had to book two months in advance for like <laughs> just a to dinner, catch up which is ridiculous <laughs> yeah, that right? is ridiculous um so I'm I I had a few key races that I wanted to volunteer at yeah. um you know was out at Warby yeah. um after after heart to heart and uh now the rest of the year might just be if i'm available and i'm feeling like volunteering then then i'll go yeah. and do it but i mean otherwise even if you don't volunteer for an official role just turning up to the event yeah. and cheering people on at the sidelines is is also a great yeah the, the runners appreciate that as as we all know but yeah. but if people do want to get involved in volunteering can can you give them an idea of how they might get involved in that pretty easy i mean all of the the races if there's a particular race you're interested in google it and yeah. then there'll be a web page and and there's usually a tab that says you know volunteer here yeah fill out some details, um, provide your yeah. your name and contact details and, and people will organise you. Yeah. 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 And there's so many different roles. I mean, like we swept and um, and that was just such good training, wasn't it? For yeah, time it on feet. Yeah. You yeah know? It was a long day. And um, yeah, it was a long day, but but it was a, a good day. And and there's and as we would sweep, we'd go to the aid stations and meet all the volunteers there. And there's just so many people involved. So they really do need a lot of people. They do, yeah. Logistics, mm. especially for a mountain race, yeah. um, are a lot more challenging than a standard, yeah. a standard yeah. one. Mm. So what will you do at Hinesley? Do you know? Uh, we'll be with the endurance medical guys. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just patching people up. Yeah, I think we're helping at that too. Um, at um, DU. Oh, okay. Down Close. <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, we signed up for things and I don't know what we've signed yeah. up for. What, what are you <laughs> I'm just doing waiting to be told. Sorry. What are you doing there down under? Uh, we'll be on an aid. Okay. Uh, yeah. For well, endurance. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. right, right. It's yeah. Good. yeah. Yeah. Ron's here, by the way, yeah. just sitting quietly. In the corner. Listening. Yeah. <laughs> and just yeah. 
correcting me when I have no clue what I'm talking about, which is probably a lot of the time, but luckily I have such great guests, it doesn't matter. Now, um, if people want to follow you and see what you're doing, where can they where can they find you? Uh, I am on Instagram, yep. uh, so Big Sorogen. Uh, you yep. can search for me there, and uh, I am on Facebook as well, just Big Jennings. Yep. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I'll put those links in the show notes. And um, any final words for any of the trail and ultra runners out there? Something to motivate them for their next race, maybe. Oh, sorry, I've I really wish, put you in the I spot wish there. I, should, I prepared for this question. Um, <laughs> not, not really not really anything ultra running specific i guess maybe to some of the themes we spoke about today around empowerment yeah and it's not it's not a female movement thing. no no it's no a, yeah. it's a human race yes, kind of thing I you know agree. if we can support each other yeah we can lift people up as opposed to pushing them down um yeah encouraging people who are dipping their toe into trail running yeah uh and and look let the the community is really good at doing that. Yeah. Um, so I think we need more love in the world and more encouragement in the world. So people could just be a little bit more of that. Yeah. Um, it's got to be a better place. Yeah, no, um, I totally agree. One final question. Did you remember the mountain? Did I remember the mountain? You know what? I, I don't even know <laughs> why I can't. All right, you have to tell me later yeah. and I'll put it in the show notes, okay? For those yeah, of you who, so who want silly. to know. I've been thinking about it for so long and then now as you <laughs> it's ask always the question, the way. The mind goes remember. blank, you mm. know. I, mm. I get it. Don't worry. That is why I write down questions <laughs> to keep me on track. All right. Well, thank you so much, Vic, for your time today. And it's been awesome. I loved hearing your story when we we're out on the trails and I just instantly thought I'd love to interview you um, because you've got such an amazing story and yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me, Izzy. Thank you. I hope you find Bic as interesting as I did. Hasn't she had an amazing life so far? I'm sure she has many more exciting adventures ahead of her. Have a great week of training and racing if you're lucky enough.